0: Oh, mine, Papa. Come on, Dad. To me, he was so good. You know the words. No one could be so gentle and so lovable. I got something in my eye. Here, take my hanky. There. He always understood. We haven't seen each other in 25 years. Four-finger discount, dude.
1: Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes That Nobody Gets Anymore, Facebook Page, and NoHomers.net. I am
2: Dando. I am a very impressed Mitch, Dando. That was amazing. What? You've been mopey and flat (laughs) and complaining about a headache for the last 45 minutes since I've been at your house. As soon as the microphone comes up, it's like the world's greatest medicine. No one would know. Professional. Fantastic. We're here to review Like Father, Like Clown, an episode that you've mentioned a few times. Yes, the gritty uh, origin story of Krusty
1: the Clown. I've never been a huge fan of this episode up until now. I went back and watched it this morning on my smoke-o-break at work just for this show to review it, of course. Fantastic episode.
2: We actually realised just before, because you came and watched it just before, there's no B-story to this episode. It's one of the few Simpsons episodes that didn't have a subplot. They've just decided that the main story is enough to be able to carry it through and probably fair enough too. Like Something would have been cut out or something would have been glossed over had they had something else running in the background. Well, it's quite a serious episode in the sense that well, it gives you a really good insight into Krusty's past, which
1: is actually quite traumatizing. Like he yeah. he was pretty much shunned from. But did he have anyone else in his family besides his father? I, I, was, well, I, no one else is mentioned. Yeah, like, so he virtually he's virtually had no
2: family his entire life, and it's just it's a really sad story. Yeah, and not only is it just his father, but like the most respected man in the community, yeah, has said you're not good enough for our family. Go. I can see why I didn't like it as a kid. Because there's not too many gags that kids
1: would understand. Mm. And there's some even that I I know they must be funny when I'm watching it, but I don't understand much Jewish humor and whatnot. But I know that you would love that kind of stuff because you seem to know you got your head wrapped around all, all that kind of comedy.
2: Yeah, to an extent. But I'm impressed by, like, you know, there's a lot of Yiddish kind of little muttering under his breath and that sort of stuff that goes beyond what I do understand. Like, I know a bit about Jewish faith and... Obviously, I love, you know, there are, as Lisa points out, so many fantastic Jewish entertainers. But they really, and it came up in the notes when I was reading about the episode, that they really meticulously researched Jewish faith for a lot of points in this episode. And it does come across as incredibly authentic. And for me, even the stuff that I don't understand about Jewish faith, I still find interesting when it's being done in a believable way. Like, it's just, you know what, it's like when you pick up, say you're playing Skyrim. Like, an insane game, you pick up a little book and you flick through a few pages of lore, you have no idea what any of that stuff means or what the backstory is. But just the fact that it's there and it's being included, I'm like, I like that. They've gone to a lot of effort in this episode to make it feel real. Well... This episode
1: was written by Jay Cogan and Wallace Wolodarsky. I mm-hmm. think I pronounced that correctly. Wolodowski? Well, they, the, who have been mentioned a few times in the show, little hidden jokes, but apparently they went back and got, well, they went out and found two other rabbis or something along those lines Some to, consulting Jews. Yeah, to- <laughs> It sounds funny, but it's not. You know, <laughs> to authenticate, to make sure that everything they were
2: writing is correct. Mm. And I just, I love the little details they put in like that. Yeah. Favourite little Jewish line that's thrown in there, as much as this is meant as a little bit of satire or parody, but when Bart is dressed um, in the full, uh, when he's dressed by Yiddel, sitting there and after it hasn't gone well, I've got, oi, that rabbi is tough. Yeah, how great's the name, Yiddel? Yeah, Yiddel. <laughs> Yiddle,
1: my man. I'd love to, I'm jumping way ahead here, but do you realise Yiddel's, where he went there to get that costume, was the store that Krusty as a child was looking at? when he was a ah, kid. Ah, no,
2: I didn't know that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, it's just a really cool little throwback to the earlier part of the episode. That's really, really...
2: That is really awesome. I'd yeah. love to know if that's something that's come from the director or if that's come from the writers. Because this was, of course, co-directed by Brad Bird. Yes, because it was it was Jeffrey Lynch's first appearance as a director. Who better to have holding your hand? <sighs> Brad Bird is the man. Is he your favourite director? <laughs> Certainly my favourite animated director. I mean, how many animated directors are there that you could name? Yeah, not many. David yeah. Silverman. Well, yeah, from this Besides show. Besides Simpsons, yeah, but outside of The Simpsons,
1: Brad Bird's the only one that comes to the top He's of like head. a
2: household, or oh, maybe not household name, but he's enough of a name that general movie fans will know who he is. Whereas, couldn't tell you who directed The Lion King, I like, no. couldn't tell you who directed The Little Mermaid. Like. Turns out Brad Bird did. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't know who he is, you've, it, many people have heard of the name Brad Bird. Yeah. Um, if he didn't, he should have. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, we put the call out before recording as we normally start the episode with, you know, what do we rec- uh, recall from it? Yeah. And I've asked a few people on Twitter what they remember from yeah. the episode. So, I wanted to run through a couple of these. At four finger pod if you want to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, there might be just a few. Keith Nuttum was at us for not tweeting something for a couple of days. He was worried you'd died. Oh. I explained that I run the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then all was <laughs> understood. And <I'm>, It was. <laughs> oh, of course. That's why nothing's happening. Uh, so, Patrick Wright at Right, QB, it, it, one of his favourite memories was Krusty as a kid imitating his father. Blah, 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 Moses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good, yeah. Um, Ash Day said that he'd watched this on DVD a few weeks ago and noticed a bunch of scenes that never aired when it was played on syndication on network TV. Well, it's quite a long episode, so maybe they cut it out just purely for time. It'd be interesting. There's one in particular joke that I don't see them playing on TV anymore. We'll, we'll get to that shortly. Okay, yeah. Uh, the I have no son. Great, we came all this way and it's the wrong guy. <laughs> and finally, uh, from Steve Gordon at S. Gordon, is it Steve or stay? Steve. I think it's Steve. We'll say Steve. At S Gordon underscore the 87. The Gordon. I wouldn't say favourite, but where on earth has coin-operated TVs in a bus station? And why is Krusty taking the bus? Obviously not taking the bus. We'll cover
1: that. There are anyway. a few continuity issues in this episode that I will point out as we get into the review. Mm-hmm. And not that big of a deal... Enough for me to write it down and
2: say this annoys me. Okay, you know there was one little glitch audio. Uh, it's not even a glitch, but there's something I'm going to point out. It's at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Mm. A little bit of a tease. There. There's a little bit of. A I'm forward for style. something.
1: There's nothing coming. <laughs> Alrighty. So as we said, it was written by Jay Kogan and Wallace. What, what did you pronounce it as? Wally Wally is what I'm going. Wally Wally. Wally is his new name. Directed by Jeffrey Lynch and with the help of Brad Bird. Um, the original air date was October twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. The chalkboard gag was I won't finish what I start. And then he doesn't actually finish that sentence. Clever. I have written here that the chalkboard gags are getting more creative now. It's not just, I will not do this naughty thing. Yeah. It's, I think last week was, I will not squeak like, the chalk in class or something. Yep. And it was him squeaking on the... Cl- it's just, they're getting a bit more creative with the chalkboard gags, mm. which I like. Even included a chalkboard gag in episode last week for Bart the Moon. Yes, right? they did. They had a good point. Uh, and couch gag this week was, Bart leaps into everybody's laps, which annoys Homer. Um, a few facts about the episode. Obviously,
2: comedian Jackie Mason voiced Rabbi Krzysztofski. Mm-hmm. Perfect job. Like, yeah, did it brilliantly. Uh, Jackie Mason. I was watching some clips of Jackie Mason doing some stand-up comedy. You know what's really funny about it? He had such a minimalist style on stage. I thought I was watching a cl- like one of those YouTube videos where someone had just got a photo of Jackie Mason and were playing audio underneath it. I don't think he moved <laughs> for a good minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's not very energetic, is yeah. he? Uh, but very funny just in the idea of casting a great stand-up comedian entertainer. As a rabbi who hates stand-up comedians and entertainers, did you know that he was a rabbi? I knew, yeah, before becoming a comedian. A comedian, a comedian yeah. which is
1: the irony of the of him playing this character. Mm. But as I said earlier, a lot of the Jewish jokes, I'm sure that what he, the dialogue he's saying are Jewish-related humour, Jewish-related jokes. Mm. I don't get the actual
2: joke, but just the way he reads the way he delivers them, delivers it.
1: It's hilarious, just the mumbling and the... It's like he doesn't take a breath, he just keeps saying words.
2: It's (laughs) the Jewish persona stereotype that is the funniest thing. Like, if you don't understand the exact ins and outs of everything that he's saying, you do just get great comedy from that thing of, you know, rabbis always wanting to talk, always wanting to think, always wanting to, you know, use 20 words when three would do. (laughs) And I didn't realise that Jackie wasn't always the voice of the rabbi. As in later episodes? Yeah,
1: Dan filled in for him in another episodes, but then Jackie came back for the later ones. Also, another fact before we get into the review, Sam Simon originally turned down the writers for the idea, so he didn't want to do it.
2: Oh, okay. don't know whether Any, he just No did. reasons why, just said he I, didn't nah, know. Like no, I just it.
1: said that Sam Simon turned down the idea. I don't know why he would, because it's a great script, but uh, then James L. Brooks came in for the save and said, no, do it. Uh, it's so, always Jim. Yeah, he comes in for the save, Yeah, He's the glue. Yep, he is. Uh, so it starts off with Krusty doing a show. And he's doing an axe stunt. And I thought the result of it was quite funny.
2: You're not expecting it. It, it? Yeah. It's one of the few times that they let Krusty be genuinely funny. Yeah. And it made me kind of think... Krusty's one of those entertainers where you don't know if all of the stuff that is the funniest for him... Like, was it him failing? Or is he... Are we not giving Krusty enough credit? Like, maybe that was intentionally the bit that yeah. he would knock Sideshow Mel out with the handle of the axe. <laughs> and then give that little... <laughs> Ooh. And
1: not tell Sideshow Mel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had here. It surprised me that they never, just for the fun of it, released a full episode of The Crust of the Clown Show just on like a DVD or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, like
1: a little bonus feature would have been very cool. Yeah, just like a 15, 20 minute full length episode of Crust of the Clown Show, I thought it would be really really cool. Mm. They could still do it now if they wanted to. I'm, sure I would watch it. Yeah, just see what it's like. Yeah, kind of like that idea we had once of Sideshow Bob getting his own online show. Oh, that, that would, would have have be been cool. So great. <laughs> How good would that be? Um, we also he crusty here introduces the crew. I'm not sure if we've met them
2: before this point. Like uh, Tina Ballerina and Corporal Punishment, have we mm. seen them before this? I don't remember seeing them. It, it's I mean it's one of those things. It's hard to tell. Obviously, I remember seeing them, but I don't remember seeing them up until now. And we don't really see them much after this either. They don't really play a prominent sh- no. role in the show, do no, they? No, them.
1: It's more the joke is that they exist. Yes, they don't really need to do much more. Well, they definitely exist because I have figurines for them on my shelf. Yeah. Here. They're just filler. <laughs> um, and then the show's finished and Krusty's would you say he's depressed or he's just over his job I
2: think he's just tired and yeah. jaded yeah like he has that line about geez those kids are like ice out there and yeah. there's nothing harder and I'm not sure if you've ever done much work in front of a live room but, but some you did nights, last week didn't you yeah and it was an example of that some nights an audience just isn't in the mood yeah uh, my first test joke last week uh, was it, it, does, it it's it Don't won't work out of context, so I won't do it here. But it was just like a little sample, a little kind of needle, let's gauge the audience, and nothing. nothing. Oh, it's going to be real hard work <laughs> from here.
1: <laughs> when that happens, do you feel
2: embarrassed or nervous, or what happens when you say a joke that you um, think will work and doesn't? You know, what I've learned to try and cover is that you go with a joke that's not meant to be knee-slappingly funny. Like, at the best, if every, if it's really well-received, all you would get is a bit of a, <laughs> from, like, you'd get a little ripple of laughter. So, that way, if a joke like that falls flat, you weren't hanging yourself out on a ledge. So, it's really easy to just pull it back and continue on with your next sentence. But did you, did you like give a pause waiting for the. No. Okay, that's no. right then. Yeah, no, that's that's that is ultimate, ultimate, ultimate rookie mistake. Do not <laughs> yeah. pause for laughter, pause after laughter.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, getting back to the show, so I like here that Krusty was cancelling all of his appointments, but he still says make the bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a dime on him. <laughs> yeah, put a dime on him. <laughs> I love that the. Like just that his secretary has that in her world of information, yeah, I just think they did a really good job of his assistant in this episode, really yeah. encapsulating what it is like to be the assistant to a big name celebrity. yeah, it was just he's not off the rails, but he's just he's High maintenance, I guess you could say, Krusty the Clown. Yeah, I think high maintenance. Although he's willing to scrub his own mildew, as we see yeah. shortly. <laughs> yeah, that feels really weird. So he also here cancels his fifth thank you dinner with Bart.
2: Doesn't even remember who he is. Yes, but I did really enjoy that. It was a throwback to the first season. Yeah, it's a really. It was a. I mean, clever device to a figure out how we're going to get Krusty back in Bart's world and open. Yeah, it up. good point. And B, it also kind of grounded the episode in the reality of the show. Like, it's nice that it's not very often with a sitcom style show that something that happens in one episode ever gets referenced ever again. And to do it not in a throwaway line, but to do it in a way that really kind of makes it feel real and ties everything together, I thought was, you know, it was a really great decision from, again, from the writing staff. There's a lot of little. There's a lot of maturity in this episode, and that's sort of an example of that.
1: What makes this such a realistic episode is that if they really wanted to, you could film this as a live-action sitcom. Mm. There's nothing that's out of the ordinary that's unrealistic. Yeah. Nothing cartoony about
2: this episode. It's just a really solid story. Yeah. You know, you could have stretched this episode out to be a feature-length film. As much as they talked about wanting would, to do it for... Yeah, you could. You, you could, would, you would you have would, had to add a secondary add a story. Yeah. But, I mean, easily, this could have gone on for a bit longer and had yeah. some tale of redemption and that sort of stuff through there. This definitely would have been better than Camp Krusty. mm It's had, unlike most other Simpsons episodes, where there's a really clear act one, act two, act three, this is more of just a story arc that goes from beginning to end. Yeah, exactly. So as we said, the assistant calls Marge to say
1: that Krusty's cancelling dinner again. I did like the touch here where the assistant says, Mrs. Simpson,
0: this is Lois Pennycandy, Krusty the Clown's executive assistant. Oh, hello, Mrs. (sighs) Pennycandy. It's Miss Pennycandy, I can assure you.
1: Just encapsulates the fact that her life is
2: crusty. Her relationship is crusty. She's yeah. married to crusty. You know, there's something that you wouldn't have picked up on not being a Bond fan. But no. I do wonder if they deliberately made a little tie-in here or, or homage to the Bond character of Miss Money Penny, because Crusty's assistant's name was Miss Penny Candy. Yeah, Penny obviously being in there and you know i'm drawing i might be clutching at straws here but similar syllables and that sort of thing it just sounded kind of familiar and money penny in the bond universe is always you know there's always this flirtation and crush with james but it never actually goes anywhere um so i i you know it might have been nothing but it might have been just a little nod for those that were looking for it so it's like the first four seasons of the nanny um where there's this flirtatious relationship. I've done a lot to forget <laughs> all of The Nanny.
1: Oh, really? I used to like The Nanny when I was a kid. But anyway, moving along. I just want to let you guys know at home, too, that it's not that I'm not a Bond fan. I just haven't got around to watching it. Well, you just all. haven't
2: watched it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not that I dislike it. Yeah. I just so haven't, I just haven't found the time to watch it. Don't send in mail bombs, please. <laughs> it's fine. It's just... There's uh, there's only so much time in the world and there's so many movies. Well, as, I you, do, as you I, said that, I heard everyone unsubscribing. I will save this for the end of the episode, but I do need to reference the nanny, actually, for something that's given me the shits this week. Okay,
1: cool. Now, as we said, this is the fifth time that Krusty's cancelled with Bart, and it really shows Krusty in a really... He shows that he's really selfish, but not to the point where you really don't like him.
2: Yeah, more self-centred, I suppose. You're disappointed in him. Yeah, I guess because you see him be vulnerable as well. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty delicate writing and directing to have that, and you also... Still looking at Krusty through Bart's eyes, and Bart still admires him. So, I, like, they, they do a really good... It would have been easy to screw that up, but they do a really good job of, as you said, just keeping him in a kind of positive light, even while he's doing negative or jerky things. I just thought of a really good mailbag question for the listeners, so... As in, we're asking the listeners, or are you just going to read this out in our mailbag segment? No,
1: no, no, to, to, write, this, to, okay. r- to write in this week. So, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Have you ever been disappointed after meeting a hero of yours? Fortunately, so far, no one from the show has met me. (laughs) But yeah, so mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au because it's happened to the best of us. We've met someone that we've looked up to, maybe not a hero or an idol, but someone that we've looked up to
2: and they just haven't lived up to the expectations. And it completely just shatters your illusion of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hit the nail on the head right now. Anyone that has been to Sexpo and met a porn star and didn't get to take them home, we don't want that as a submission. No. Because I don't want to read the same email 60 times this (laughs) week. (laughs) Yes.
1: And I think Bart's reaction is very realistic in the sense that he does say a really dramatic line here that I thought was a bit over the top, but it fit the situation where he says,
0: Dear Krusty, this is Bart Simpson, Krusty buddy number 16302, respectfully returning his badge. I I always suspected suspected that nothing in life mattered.
2: Now I know know for for sure.
0: Get bent, Bart Simpson.
2: A bit too much, maybe? Yeah, but it's also, I guess they needed something dramatic to push him over the top. Yeah. It couldn't have just been, I'm very upset. I mean, it is the fifth
1: time he's cancelled. That's pretty bad. It's pretty cold. (laughs) Yeah, considering he got him out of prison. Mm. Like, he
2: saved Trusty's life. Doesn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, you know the other thing that I liked about Bart as he's getting ready here is singing This Could Be the Start of Something Big and obviously last episode he's singing Sinatra Numbers. I love that this 10-year-old boy knows all of these old standards. Yeah. Like that's, uh, I wish that's something that they'd played around with a little bit more. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I really enjoy It's So Against Type. This 10-year-old bratty schoolyard kind of you know class clown happens to be singing some of the greatest... Show tunes. Being a much- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then Krusty... Just cuts to Krusty out of nowhere. Ooh, sex
1: chat. This is the scene that I didn't think would be played on TV these days. It didn't need to be in the episode, did it? I've got here, it's really random, but it's funny. Like, mm. it doesn't fit... Not that it doesn't fit the episode, but like you said, you could cut it out and it wouldn't affect the episode whatsoever. Yeah. Now, this is where the continuity comes into it, because he reads that thing that says sex chat. Ooh, sex chat, right? Calls up, and we have that really awkward phone conversation with the Pooh and two other randoms. And then assistant walks in and hands him the letter that Bart sent in, and he can't read it, but he just read something that said, ooh, sex chat. Yeah, that's true. Later in the episode, he sees the magazine that says Jewish father or something. He reads it. And cries. Yeah. But he's illiterate. Mm. How do they forget that? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point, Dando. Yeah, I just I've nerd. Just, <laughs> look from from one scene to the next, they screw that up. I just don't understand how it's such an important key factor or key characteristic to the to the character, and they just forgot
2: it. You could maybe pass off the fact that the he didn't read the magazine and he just saw the photo.
1: That's what I thought the response was going to be. Yep, and maybe <laughs> it's the, the word s- sex.
2: Yeah, yeah, like that's a pretty clear one. <laughs> yeah, although he doesn't know his own name. No, no, exactly. Here, crust. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite uh, scene of someone not being able to read. By the way, just for a little side note for listeners, Dumb and Dumber, where Jim Carrey's trying to read the newspaper and Jeff Daniels is hel- helping out. It's like Will Host Annual Host Annual. Yeah. that pres- like Teh, Teh, heck. The oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the assistant then
1: uh, threatens Krusty, saying that she won't be here in the morning if he doesn't agree to do this dinner. So mm-hmm. he does. It's like an abusive relationship, isn't it? Or a little she, bit. Yeah. She wants out, but she just can't. Battered woman syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Battered assistant syndrome. Yeah. So then Krusty arrives at Simpsons' house. They're all waiting nervously. Make his big grand entrance. I love how Millhouse is walks up in a suit. I love that Homer. Sorry, Homer's first line just before that like bing hey hey do you think it's him <laughs> Yeah. It so then he's performing as bart is greeted Millhouse at the door bart tells him he doesn't have to perform he doesn't have to be on tonight yeah he tells him he pulls a monkey out of the bag says go wait in the car i'm yeah. disappointed by yeah. this oh
2: we could have seen a monkey
1: is this the first time i've seen teeny
2: yeah i think it is because he didn't refer to him as teeny it was monkey it's, yeah it's, well he does not crusty doesn't refer to him at all he just pulls him out and says yeah. go wait in the car yeah
1: that is, that's a good point i think teeny becomes pretty much Krusty's psychic in later episodes more so than mm. Sideshow Mel yeah. like if, if Krusty's in public his psychic is teeny yeah it's not Sideshow Mel Sideshow Mel doesn't fit in the bag exactly right yeah yeah <laughs> so then we're at the dinner table and they suggest or Lisa suggests that is the one that's to say grace or mm-hmm. well, first Millhouse tries to take the reins but then <laughs> does, <laughs> maybe our guess should do it yeah whack he starts speaking Hebrew, and Homer laughs at him, which yeah. I thought was really funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's talking funny talk. No, Dad, that's Hebrew.
2: Krusty
0: must be Jewish.
2: That felt like a really Australian thing to do. Yeah. Like, because there's not a lot of that. I mean, there are obviously there are plenty of Jews in Australia, but unlike, say, in New York or Chicago or something like that, we don't have, like, a really dense Jewish population or we don't have Jewish neighbourhoods to the same extreme. I don't think I've... Honestly, I don't think I've met too many Jewish people. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I outwardly, Jews, I only know a couple, whereas, obviously, in the States, it's, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a very big religion, and that's probably why we're a little bit disconnected from the ins and outs of the faith. But, yeah, it would be that if someone started speaking yiddish at the table you're like what <laughs> like it, it you'd almost laugh thinking they were playing a joke yeah and i think homer they had
1: homer here laughing not realizing like he had no idea he thought he was, oh, Krusty was just trying to be funny yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i said yiddish it's hebrew my mistake i did like homer's line where he says a jewish entertainer Pff, get out of here yeah mel brooks is jewish yeah. <laughs> yeah. so then Krusty then has thoughts about his father and whatnot and like bring up all the old entertainers who are jewish and he brings
2: crusty to tears A really solid first act. It it is. This is the exact moment that I was just chatting about, by the way, where you notice the little thing. Obviously, with The Simpsons, all the reads are done pretty well live, and characters doing two voices will be doing them as one, like just, you know, in the same thing. Back and forth, yeah. Exactly. So, Dan Castellanada voices Krusty and Homer. Okay, yeah. There's a bit here where Krusty is crying. He then stops crying to allow Homer to say, are you going to finish that meatloaf? And then continues crying again.
1: Uh, Do you think that was a deliberate
2: thing? Well, it's the only way Dan could have done it. I would think later later on you would just mix that up in post-editing and have the crying maybe soften so you can hear the line. But it it was it really just felt like it was a guy sitting in a microphone just doing both characters at one, and they went, yep, that works, and yeah, moved on.
1: that's a good point. I, I didn't even pick up on that. I'll have to go back and watch it.
2: Um, so, we get to Act 2, and Krusty's telling the story of
1: his father, who comes across as, would you say, a very harsh man? Very strict, yeah. Very strict. He he's set in his ways and Mm. isn't willing to. Because I don't. Is it such a big deal for Krusty to be a Jewish comedian? Like, it was that so anti-Jewish? Was it?
2: I Uh, I don't. no, no, no. no, Nothing to do with being Jewish at all in this instance. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Jews going to watch comedians. Yeah, and there are a whole bunch of Jewish entertainers. It's more that Krusty's dad, in particular. It, like, Krusty, as he starts telling the story, saying that his father was a rabbi and his father before him and his father before him, like, that, it they'd come from a long line of rabbis. So, it was more about, I think Krusty could have wanted to be anything other than a rabbi and his father would have had the same reaction. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a cardiovascular surgeon. No! You will not bring shame upon my house!
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I never quite understood, just why he was so anti-entertainer. As you said, you just explained it's just because he wanted him to become... So he wanted him to be a rabbi as well, did he? Yeah. Just following his father's name. Yeah. Okay.
2: You get that bit where he's talking really proudly about him to everyone else, saying that he's doing really well in class, and he's been voted the most likely to talk to God, and all those sorts of yeah. things. So he's that's very much the path that he has his heart set on.
1: And then we get the shot of young Crusty looking inside Yiddles, which yep. is the store that Brat eventually goes to. Uh, I did like the, the scene here where his father catches him in the bathroom. So funny. Yeah. Close the door! Close <laughs> the door! <laughs> it's just so good. It's just really, really good humour. And then uh, they're at the, I guess it's just like a rabbi dinner of some sort where they're watching Krusty perform.
2: I, I, I didn't catch what the name of the club was, but it yeah. seemed like it was a, almost like a lower version of the Friars Club or something like that. Like yeah. they're, at a, they're at a dinner and show type venue. Yeah, yeah. So it's in that moment where he's praising Krusty and one of his um, colleagues – turns around and accuses him of lying not in like an accusatory way like you lie but like you know that oh you know you're such a liar
0: a rabbi would never exaggerate a rabbi composes he creates thoughts he tells stories that may never have happened
1: but he does not exaggerate
2: great line and again just a kind of really funny satiring of the character and it's all in the delivery. I don't think Yeah.
1: That, uh, if you read it on a piece of paper, it's not a funny line. It's not a joke. It's no. just the way he delivers it. It's amazing. He has a great traditional Jewish voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, then Krusty gets caught because the guy decides to splash water on his face. Mm.
2: But Rabbi just unleashes, doesn't he? He is not happy when <laughs> no. he finds Krusty. And there's a really good line in here, by the way. A musician or a jazz singer, this I could forgive. Yeah. Do you know what the reference to that is? Because it's based on the jazz singer? Yes. The yeah. 1927 film, The Jazz Singer. Yeah. Do you know the importance or the historical significance of the the jazz singer
1: i'm gonna say it's because his father didn't
2: want him to be a jazz singer well that's the connection through to this episode yeah but the the movie itself just a little bit of trivia fact for people out there it was the first movie to be produced in america that had talking dialogue synced up with the footage so it was basically it was the first talkie ever
1: really yes so the first non-silent film yeah
2: I mean they had silent films with music and stuff like that, but this was the first one where it was like a traditional film that we watch today where oh. people are talking and it gets recorded.
1: That's like a really good claim to fame, isn't it? I directed the first non silent film. Yeah. <laughs> I ruined Charlie Chaplin's career. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So then we cut back to the dinner table and they ask were they crusty, or Lisa says something like, Did you do you think of your father much? And he says, oh, I think about my father all the time. Except when I'm at the track, then it's all business. Then it's all business.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Went to the track over the weekend, double my money. Really? Which, what horses, dogs? Horses, I uh, bet according to name. What was the name? The winning bet was a trifecta where I took the favourite, had a boring name, whatever, but I was like, "Eh, favourite, should probably put him in there. Uh, I went with number three, Sergeant Hightower Mm -hmm. from the Police Academy Films, and the number nine horse, Bon Jovial. Really? Yeah. Brought him home. What? All three, you got one, two, and three? One, two, and three. Nailed it. How much yeah. did you win? Uh, Well, let's not get into details. <laughs> okay. Not very much at all. It was a very small bet.
1: So then the, the dinner's over and is looking through the photo albums and whatnot. And we start to see the real person behind the Krusty moniker, don't we? Yeah. He's just looking through the photo albums and he's saying, Oh, look at you, Bart. Look how young you look.
2: But he won't leave. And it's annoying everybody. Well, there's a kind of desperation that this is the first taste of family life that he's had since he was a little boy. Yeah, good point. Good point. So he doesn't want to let that go. That's why he ends up wandering the streets and... Watching TV in a bus shelter because he just feels so isolated and so alone.
1: How great
2: is it when Millhouse starts crying?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> and then he finds the concept of Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah. so... Why would that even be honed? I know, it's so funny. Uh, the, the concept of Bangladesh is quite good. I've actually got it on DVD. Oh, ah, okay. It's, it's a, it was the first, one of the first. Um...
2: You're not joking.
1: No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it was put, put together by George Harrison. And okay. It was the first. It was before Live Aid. What's it called? A uh, uh, Live Earth or something like no, that. But look, what, what's the term? It's like a charity gig. It's the first oh, okay. like, charity gig. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. It's really good. I, okay. I, well, Eric Clapton's in there. How much sitar is being played in oh, there? Oh, like there's good songs in there, but it's like two hours of shit. Yeah. Like, okay. so you you got to have chapters. Don't get it on VHs like okay. was. <laughs> So then Krusty decides to walk home. I thought he had a car though. He told Teeny to wait in the
2: car. Yeah. But, again, have you... Have, like, it's just that kind of depressed... Or maybe he drove home and then he decided to go for a walk. Possibly. Or he just wanted to put it off and wanted to disappear into the night. Did you see the...
1: Uh, he walked past the adult theatre. Did you get to see some of the names? Oh, uh, no, I missed them. I can remember Crocodile Me. Oh <laughs> God! All Thighs On Me, I think was one of them. This was on The Simpsons, by the way. Yeah. All Thighs On Me and stuff. Surely that's a joke that's not making it into TV anymore. I thought Crocodile Me was amazing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty...
2: I'm, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out because I would have gone to my deathbed not knowing that it existed.
1: I actually think I screenshot it on my phone, so just give me one moment and I will find them for you because they were too good not to mention. Okay, so I'm just finding it. Okay, I found it. So we've got... For your thighs only, <laughs> crocodile done me, and Doctor Strange pants. I don't okay, know, that one's like so funny. But yeah, crocodile done no, me. Well, Doctor Strange love. I know, but yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But for your thighs only is the best one to me. For well. your th- yeah. <laughs> anyway, the fact that that's a child, like a children's cartoon. I guess it's not a children's cartoon, but you know what I mean. That made it pu- children's it's program. It's pushing the envelope. It's great. The fact that
2: that got past the censors yeah, is pretty phenomenal, amazing.
1: So then Krusty decides. I don't know where it is where he's reading the
2: magazines. It's not in the quickie mart, is it? Anyway, so he's walking no, past the magazine No, it's just sort of like stand. a yeah magazine stand out on the side of the road. Like, you know, side street magazine stand. Yeah, and he sees modern Jew father and he starts yeah. crying. Well, he sees that. That's the capper to a series of like they set that magazine up by having oh, these really? ridiculously specific this is my little bit that i saw yeah ridiculously specific magazines so i was f- gonna make them my trivia question <laughs> uh, it was fabergé's fabergé egg owner was one of them ballpoint yeah. pen monthly yeah. so it's not like they just had all these knowing mag- like magazines people know and then modern jewish father yeah. which would have made no sense they they went like stupid 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 so then modern jewish father fit within that realm but also funny because it's just a ham-fisted way to be able to get it there. So yeah. they kind of—it's—it's it's a joke that's sort of having its cake and eating it too, which I like. Is it at the homeless shelter where he ends up sleep sleeping? Uh, just a bus
1: station. Bus station, okay. Yeah. I know it's a homeless dude just sleeping there with him. Hmm. And it's just or just a weary traveller. And this is the sort of the side of Krusty that up until this point we've never seen before, and we don't see him much like this afterwards. Maybe we see him a bit vulnerable in the episode Bart the Fink hmm. when he becomes Rory B Bellows. But besides that, we don't see Krusty vulnerable to this extent very often. He's usually... If he's vulnerable, it's like he owes money and he's trying to avoid the mafia or whatnot. It's not... Yeah, it's more about shirking responsibility. It's not emotional depressed Krusty.
2: It's probably... It's a hard area to get into for comedy. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, they've done it brilliantly, but it would be difficult to keep going back to that and making it work. It's a depressing topic, but not once did I feel like this was a depressing episode.
1: Yeah. It's just they they handled it really, really well. So he then calls his dad, but doesn't speak. The dialogue from the rabbi here is amazing. Who would do this? (laughs) Who would make a phone call and then not talk? Yeah, it's just uh, all in the delivery. Like I said before, it's just uh, Jackie Mason was just perfect for this role. Uh, He then watches...
0: Didn't (laughs) Itchy Jr. look happy playing with his father? Didn't Scratchy Jr. look happy playing with his dad until they got run over by the thresher?
1: Wasn't that a beautiful cartoon? Lisa has the great line, any man who envies our family is a man who needs help. Yep. And then they decide they're gonna, they are going gonna—they need to help Crying,
2: Dusty. by the way, over the family connection of the Itchy and Scratchy show. Yeah, yeah. Not just because it's a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. He, he, look, at, look at the way he was throwing that head around with his dad. Yeah. Wasn't that sweet? And
1: then the kids go to the reverend. Now, I know this is a scene that you, I'll let you go with it because I can tell you loved it when you watched love, it. Love, love, joy in this. Yeah, uh, really good.
2: Like, you know, the, the kids walk in, like, we need to find a rabbi. And he just instantly... Views it as if he's about to lose a customer.
0: (laughs) Reverend Lovejoy, we need you to help us find a rabbi.
2: Well, uh, before you make any rash decisions, let me just remind you that the church is changing to meet the needs of today's young Christians. I love that. Just really, really love that. And then once... Once he realises that things are okay, and obviously he knows him very well because he does the weekly talkback show. Um, it's like, can we just have the number? All right, I'll just look at my non-Christian Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> I did like to, that he gives him a shirt, Gavin, Gavin about
1: God or Gavin for God, yeah. whatever it's called.
2: Yeah, uh, We'll put it on later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they go to, where the rabbi hangs out, is his, like his temple? Is it, like, what
2: is it? Oh, uh, I think it is temple. I think you go to temple. And, and similar to the way a priest would have an office out the back of a church. The yep. rabbi would have offices in temple, I assume. Any rabbis listening, right in. Yeah, exactly. Did you see the sign at the front of the building? Coping with Christmas. Coping with Christmas. <laughs> How yeah. good's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the Jews have a better version. The Hanukkah. Hanukkah. That goes for like 10 days and it's a feast. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I know, I, I know be- of Hanukkah. I don't know a bit much about okay, it. Okay. I know that you have a dreidel and it's made out of clay and you spin it and you eat for f- 10 days. That's amazing. It is. I know. It's so much better. We, we get one day and a bunch of crappy presents that you never wanted.
1: Why aren't we celebrating Hanukkah?
2: I don't know. Do you want to do it this year? Uh, by Christmas? We'll probably have to learn a little bit about the Jewish faith to be able to claim to it.
1: I'm willing to do that. Okay. For 10 days of food, who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, so they go in and we get the classic...
0: Excuse us, Rabbi Kristofsky?
1: Oh, so what can I do for you, my young friend?
0: We came to talk to you about your son. I have
1: no son!
0: Oh, great. We came all this way and it's the wrong guy. I didn't mean that literally.
1: So, another great way to end the act, cut
2: back and we're at KBBL where they're taking calls for their rabbis and reverend show. Yeah. Who's the third guy? Sorry, the other great, just quickly, the great little line about the I didn't mean it, or great thing about I didn't mean it literally. Yeah. It's not just a joke, it's character, like it goes to the character as well of I have to have the last word. And, like, I need you not just to hear what I said, I need you to properly understand what I said. Yeah. Because if his goal was to get Bart to go away, he could have just shut up and they never would have come back. But, you know, he comes in and kind of undoes himself, but for the sake of, like, no, you must understand that I was being metaphorical or, as you know, over the top. I actually really liked the
1: character. As a kid, as I said, I, cause maybe because I didn't understand what he was saying, I always just saw him as this mean old man that didn't like his son, wouldn't let his son be who he wants to be. mm but as you're older, you can understand his reasoning. Yeah. So it's a really solid character. They did a really good job with it. So as we said, we're at KBBL. And, yeah, no idea who the third guy was in the studio. Yeah, okay. Um, Krusty then calls in, doesn't speak again. More great dialogue yeah. from uh, <laughs> the rabbi. Hello? Anybody there? I hear breathing, but I don't hear talking. What's going on here? Hello, mister? Hello, hello?
0: <sighs> Some people got nothing to do, but call people and I go... There's all kinds of mishigayam in the world.
2: I love the first caller. Uh, You know, with all the things that are bad happening in the world, do you think there's a time where we should question the existence of God? Mm, No. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that is perfect. And then Bart calls in.
0: My question is, if a son defies his father and chooses a career that makes millions of children happy, shouldn't the father forgive the son? I think so. Yes, of course. No way! Absolutely not! Never! Never! Who screens these calls? Who's in charge here? There's nobody in charge.
1: So basically the reverend and the third dude are reasonable. Yeah. Everybody's just like, nope, over the top. Yeah, just yeah. loses the plot. Yeah. And then Bart tells Lisa that he's got an idea of how to solve this. I don't know if it's a good idea. Oh, but he's, or he thinks it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, goes to Yiddles and gets dressed up.
0: Yiddle, my man, you're a genius. Mm. I love my work.
1: As we said, that's a throwback to earlier in the episode, which I yeah. thought was really, really well done. And a lot of people may not have picked up on it because it's just because he said
2: Yiddle. I was like, wait a minute. It's the same person. It's a nice touch for the yeah. people that do. Again, just makes the episode feel real. It makes the universe kind of, uh, the, the Simpsons universe and world feel real. I, just, I
1: like the fact that they've gone to like the area that Krusty was talking about. Because like, mm. that's what, Bart hasn't really had any connection with the rabbi community up to this point. Yeah. He didn't really know what it was. So Krusty
2: told this story, so that's the only place that he would know where to go. Yeah. And this is part of why I say that this could be done as a movie. Like there's a lot of little touches like that that are kind of cinematic in the way the story's h- handled. Mm-hmm. And then the rabbi see straight through the costume. As he would. Yeah. <laughs> Ten-year-old boy wearing a beard tied on with string. <laughs> we get the great line from Bart. Oi, this guy's tough. Uh, you laughed out loud when he said that. I like, again, like it's, I don't know. I like characters being characters. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice lo- It's. A, I reckon that would be the most difficult thing as a voiced actor to do. Like, A, you create this voice. And then you've got this line where you have to be in character but doing another character. So you've got to have just enough of Bart coming through, but Bart being Jewish would be difficult to to nail. And yeah, that was I just took, it caught me off guard. It's like you got to act out a cartoon character
1: acting cartoony. Yeah, I did like that they they sort of talk up how he's very very clever, and then they set up this ridiculous fake date. What? Saul Bellow, the Nobel Prize-winning Jewish novelist, he wants to have lunch with me. Oh, it's a date. Izzy's deli, one o'clock. I'll be there.
2: The
0: French government wants to give me the Legion of Honour? Where do I receive this prestigious award? Izzy's Deli, one o'clock. Thank you, Monsieur President. Au revoir.
2: So they go to a restaurant and have them both sit up there. We get like a Lunch Lady Doris voice. Yeah. Uh, waitress. And I mean, the you know, you ready to order yet? And the kids obviously tell them like, no, but bring us another jar of complimentary pickles. Watch how fast I go. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got both of the... uh, Crusty's not there yet. It's only Rabbi sitting in there going through and you know she asks him for his auto. It's like, oh, joy, this is tough. And they do that thing of like kind of New York delis will do this and I guess that's happened in LA as well, but like naming sandwiches after people. Yeah, a lot of places do that now. Yeah, one of the sandwiches named after Jackie Mason. Oh, really? Yeah. They had the Jackie Mason. Did I even pick up on that? Uh, and then, but then one of the sandwiches, the Krusty the Clown, and which yep. obviously riles him up. He said, "What's in this?" And it's the most offensive thing that you could imagine for a Jew. Basically, what well, was ha- <laughs> ham, pork, and bacon, uh, ham sausage and bacon, or something along those lines.
1: So, are we supposed to believe that the rabbi doesn't know his son is rab- is Krusty the Clown?
2: I don't think he knows, but I assume just any reference to him just upsets him.
1: I, I just didn't know whether because he goes what is this, Crusty the Clown? I don't know whether he was saying that because he knew Crusty was his son or whether he had no idea who Crusty was. No, I think it's more of
2: just... No, I, I think it's more about, you know, why is there a sandwich named after yeah, him? Yeah, like, yeah, of, of all things. it's Yeah, it's just... He doesn't deserve a sandwich. He's only a clown. And that's probably why he got very angry when he found out how anti-Jewish... Yeah. <laughs> Anti-Semitic <laughs> it yeah. is.
1: So then the kids decide, well, Lisa pretty much works out that we can't win him over the way we're, what we're doing. It's not working. We need to win him over with knowledge. And... I thought that the debates between Bart and the rabbi were fantastic. They were just really, really enjoyable to watch. I didn't quite understand
2: any of it. But it was just really enjoyable to watch. <laughs> it's just trying to... Oh, I love everyone sitting around. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just, just taking it all and in. that's what I was like. I was all, like, yes, yes, yes. All they're doing is
1: pondering. <laughs> yeah, it was, I just thought it was great. It's kind of like when you're watching a crime show. Half the time I have no idea what they're talking about. When they win the court case, I was like, "Yeah, that's right." (laughs) I have no idea why they won, but yeah.
2: There's an El Barto sighting, by the way, for people. As we're still trying to follow those as we go along. There is, but I can't remember on the steps to the library. Ah, of course. Yeah, that's right. I did like the butt interrupts the circumcision. (laughs) Yeah, getting in the way of the breast. You just see the little feet and arms flailing about down the bottom of the screen.
1: Now, do you want to explain to the listeners how they eventually win the rabbi over with a Sammy Davis
2: Jr. quote? I love that. Like Lisa's so exhausted. She's like, ah. She's gone to all scripture. She's quoted as much as she possibly can and they've always been outdone because, you know, he's a rabbi. He knows that stuff inside out. So she gives him one last scrap of paper. It's like, try this. It's a long shot, but it's the only thing I can do without learning ancient Hebrew. Yeah. But Bart sort of looks at her expectingly. Like, <laughs> I'm not learning ancient Hebrew. <laughs> kind of like what I'm like with Nicola. I just expect her to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Bart, over a game of chess. And again, I like the fact that this rabbi's need to match wits that he's happy to keep meeting Bart like he never just shuts him down he always engages in the conversation and then Bart delivers a pretty great bit of writing like it's a really good line and I'd like to know whether or not this is actually a quote from Sammy Davis Jr I assume it is
0: the Jews are a swinging bunch of people I mean I've heard of persecution but what they went through is ridiculous but the great thing is after thousands of years of waiting and holding on and fighting they finally made it End quote. Oh, I never heard the plight of my people phrased so eloquently.
2: And that's enough to do it. So the rabbi is overwhelmed. He's like, "Well, what piece of scripture did this come from? Or what rabbi? What temple? Like, where was this said?" And like, it was Sammy Davis Jr., an entertainer like your son. And that's maybe a little bit quick and and fisted for him to go. Well, if an entertainer said that, then all entertainers must be okay. But you know, go with it. You've got to resolve a story somehow. And it did make sense, though. Yeah, it, it does, but yeah, I mean, forty odd years of yeah, I know hatred, kind of like the War of the Simpsons. He puts a fish back in the water, and all of a sudden, all
1: those years of yeah, being have a just d- disappeared. Yeah,
2: um, but anyway, so he, he then goes to watch Krusty at the. Um, I did like taping. I, did,
1: I did like that before that that he was upset, all the years of all the yeah. years I've missed out on of not spending time with my son. I did like that they made him a human at that yeah. point. You know, he was this wooden. I guess he, maybe not wouldn't, but he was just a very serious person,
2: and yeah, and then eventually he, it, broke. They broke him. Yeah, he realizes the folly of his ways. Yeah, and rushes to see him as soon as he can, which is another good thing. Like you know, yeah. when you have realized that you've been wrong for forty years, you yeah. want to reconcile as quickly as possible. You don't schedule that in for next Tuesday. <laughs> so then, as you said, he then goes to where to the taping of the Crust of the Clown show. Yes,
1: and they have the big reunion. Everyone's happy. they sing? backstage. The- yes, they have the. Oh, my papa. papa. That's the one thing I remembered most from this episode. As a kid, It that's, sticks in your head, that tune. If you're a kid, you don't really remember the, the, the witchy dialogue. It's the, oh, my papa. That's what's just stuck with me. That's yeah. the one thing I remember the episode for. And then custard pie to the face. Yeah. And it all. It's a fantastic episode. I think because going in, it's like when you go to watch a movie that's mediocre but you go in with such low expectations that it come, you come out thinking it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode... That's exactly how I got through Batman versus Superman last weekend. I still haven't gone and seen it. I'm not really that interested, to be completely honest, but this episode, I went in with such low expectations because I remember just not liking it as a kid. Mm coming out loving it, and it's not because it was a just above mediocre episode. It's a fantastic episode. Yeah, no, it's a great episode. And I kind of feel like the rabbi in the sense of all these years I've missed out on this episode. <laughs> well, I could have been enjoying it. So, um, yeah, my final thoughts that I think it's a fantastic episode. What are your final thoughts?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, I th- also think it's really, really good, but I didn't have the years of not knowing that it was really you good. You have to appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I- you've
1: quoted a few times doing the, the Jewish accent.
2: Yeah, well, that's not so much quoting this episode, though. That's just the character in general. Yeah. But, yeah, like I... I'd always love the line of, you know, we came all this way and it's the wrong guy. But I guess overall, I really just really liked the story arc. Like, I just remember this as being an episode that tells a story in a very mature way. Yeah, And, yeah, for that, for, it, it stands out as being different. It doesn't have the same flow that episodes have, as I, as I mentioned. So, it, it always kind of stood out for me.
1: It is very different to past episodes up to this point in the sense that, like you said, it could have been a full-length feature film, but it's just broken down to 22 minutes. So, everything in the, in the episode meant something yeah. and was there for a reason. And Apart from the sex chat. Apart from the sex chat. But, you know, it served its
2: purpose. It got a laugh out of me. Got a chuckle. Yeah, got a chuckle. It was kind of awkward, actually. Crussy... Doing the mildew in his shower was probably my favourite. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Something very important came
1: up. When it came to the sex chat, came back to the sex chat thing, it kind of felt awkward. Like I, I don't know whether I like the fact that, especially if you're a kid, you don't want to know that characters like poo are calling sex chat lines. It felt
2: really weird that poo was in there. It was almost like they just... I, I don't know why. Like, yeah. why it would be poo and then two randoms, not poo and maybe Barney and Carl or yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, why in? Yeah.
1: Maybe because he was the only one talking.
2: Yeah, uh, that's all I could think of, that maybe they just didn't want to... I don't know, maybe they didn't have time for everyone to lay down dialogue, maybe they didn't want to have to create a new character scene. I feel like it would have been better if it was Krusty and three anonymous people. Yeah, definitely. What did we learn,
1: Palmer? Now, what would you
2: learn from this episode, Mitch? That there is no family problem, or any problem, really, that a pie in the face won't resolve. That is 100% correct. I learned that Bart's Krusty buddy number
1: is 16302.
2: I learned that I need to stop doing trivia that are things that you learned.
1: <laughs> really? Alrighty So getting to trivia How many Do you have any other questions I do have one other question Well I've got got two more left So I'll get into them So Actually I've got three here Which band was in the photo The Beatles Yes Nailed it
2: Which director was in the photo opposite Don't know Alfred Hitchcock Really yeah
1: Ah, Nice one My other question One of my other questions is Who was on the poster at KBBL Behind the Uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy Bleeding Gums Murphy Sitting next to the Lenny Davis experience You're on fire is that do you have any more questions? Or, no, I'm done. Right, my last one was getting back to Yiddles. What do they specialise in?
2: Oh it Says it on the sign at the front. It says it on the sign at the front. Three things. Th- are is in there? Nope. Nope. Um then I have no
1: idea. Magic tricks. Okay. Practical jokes and medical supplies.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes, there you go. I don't know of many Jewish doctors. Mind you, I don't know of many Jewish people. <laughs> yes, they aren't outside Jewish. of the famous entertainers. T'beel! Here. Ooh.
1: Time for the mailbag. Now, Mitch, this is your forte. Eh? I'll let you take
2: the reins. Thank
1: you very
2: much for
1: doing so. Talking very slowly whilst he tries to fill the gap whilst he does what he should have Just already done. Just looking to, Oh no, shout
2: out <laughs> off the top of the mailbag. Yeah. Um, we're still looking for people to send through a few more emails. We're getting some very funny emails coming through with casting from ideas last week's for episode. a live yep. action movie from last week's episode. Uh, I'm gonna read out just a couple. We want to one from each person. Okay. so uh, Will Holmes has written in he would have Steve Buscemi as Mo, great casting, spot on casting. Yeah. Uh, Connor Lynch wrote in wanting and uh, relevant to this episode, wanted to have Robert De Niro as Rabbi Krostovski, which I liked. Like it's kind of it's out of character, but he would own it. He would. like, yeah, like, and he's kind of the right age profile, and you'd get that grisly face and it'd be fun to see. Uh, I, I think he's Irish Catholic De Niro uh, yeah. don't look at me like I'd know <laughs> <laughs> might be Italian Catholic um, I mean he's obviously got more Italian he's not Jewish he's got more Italian heritage <laughs> than anything else but yeah like to see him kind of aping Jewish culture would be kind of funny maybe a little bit offensive but it would uh, it would certainly be worth watching and John Candy well I did be, like this one John Candy <laughs> as Chief Wiggum it's gonna be difficult now
1: I know but doing part, well, we said Chris Farley as Barney would be good yeah that's true but yeah John Candy would be a Perfect, would have been a perfect chief wiggle. Yeah, so mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We're asking for people to send in who they would cast in a live action Simpsons film, past and present. So maybe we can make a list of current stars and one that includes past and present, like a best of cast kind of mm-hmm. deal. Um, send it in mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We're going to whack together an article on
2: the website once we get enough people sending them in. Moving on to Oliver Pigeon has written in from the Ballarat down in Victoria. Hmm. Hey there Mitch and Dando my name is Oliver and I wanted to say how much I love the podcast Four Finger Discount Thank if you, you begin a message like that you're going to guarantee that I will read it <laughs> maybe not read it out loud but I'll certainly when I'm skimming through I'm like hello uh, this one's complimentary. Hey, hello, what is this? <laughs> so he discovered Four Finger Discount in October last year just before he travelled from Ballarat to Sydney. Downloaded all available episodes, listened to them during his time up there. Now there's a really really touching part that for the kind of for the privacy of, of yourself, Oliver, I'm, I don't want to read this out without having spoken to you first, but basically was very complimentary to the way that the episodes were able to help him get through a really long drive kind of across town and, and the fact that he felt like, you know, having us there with him at the time was really, really good. So, mate, um, thank you very much for sending that through. It's very, very humbling to read stuff like that. Definitely. And, and you know, really important, I think, for us to know when that's happening. It, it makes it more than just being about doing this to get people to like us or to, you know... Boost our subscriber numbers. Like remembering that there's stuff that this show really matters to some people. It's very say, cool. Yeah, it makes me
1: feel like this show is actually important. Yeah, when it shouldn't be. <laughs> no,
2: it shouldn't be. I'm I just
1: I just want to mention too. Thanks to everyone that's liked us on Facebook. Um, we've just cracked sixty thousand followers today, yeah, thank which you guys. is pretty awesome. So, Facebook.com/slash finger Discount. I'm assuming you're listening to the show, you've liked us on Facebook. But the best thing you can do is tell all your friends about us. When we put up the latest post about our latest podcast, show it around. We want to get as many listeners as possible, get as many people involved in the Four Finger Discount community. So Mm. the best way to help us out is just by sharing the post we put up on the
2: page. Now on that, Oliver has some ambition of his own. So, during one of the early Season 1 episodes, we talked about how you wanted to kind of create Australia's hub for podcasts. Like, that was your initial, yeah. how you kind of got into this whole world, was wanting to try and cultivate local talent. They'd like to do the same. Um, they've recently started up a YouTube channel called The Average Gamer. And our goal is to eventually make it a network of Australian YouTube channels focusing on video games. Average Gamer. The Average Gamer. The Average Gamer. Uh, eventually we'd want to move on and make our own films as well and just be- become a homegrown Aussie film studio. And it's thanks to The Simpsons podcast that you got the courage to actually start doing it. Cool. So congratulations and you know, on, on moving forward. Now, we do have a question at the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would like to know if we would ever consider doing like maybe short five to ten minute reviews on issues of Simpsons comics, the Bongo comics. I would. You would? I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Okay. I love the comics. I feel like it'd be a little bit niche. Like, to, I don't know that we yeah. could do it in the same format because a lot of people wouldn't have read them. But, idea, mm. what about a web series where it's like Mitch and Dando story time style where we read the read the comics out, maybe do some voices, act them out. Maybe not, like, not up and act them out, but we, yeah, read them. Lo- for I don't even know if they're available all around the world, are they? Or like, do Australia have a different version of Bongo Comics than America? Would Possibly. Um, the only
1: thing I've been thinking of, would we get in trouble for reading the comic out?
2: I don't see why. Christopher Walken didn't get in trouble when he read the lyrics for Poker Face.
1: But but it's like playing a whole movie. I mean, if if people can find out what happens in the comic on our show, then why would they buy it?
2: Well, Let's do it. And if we get in trouble, then we'll take them down. I'm not scared. I'm just asking (laughs) whether whether
1: we get in trouble for doing it. Because we have just made a new YouTube channel, which we're going to start putting up new videos. And our best of, we're going to start creating more best of characters, moments, videos and whatnot. Yeah. I'm going to put it all up in the four-figure discount YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe to our channel. But yeah, that's like, a good idea for a web series. Just sure. quietly,
2: you have that many comics, and I'm sure most of them are out of print by now and wouldn't be too oh, much of an yeah. issue anyway.
1: And it'd be, it's just going back to like season one of The Simpsons. Mm. It'd be great. I, I would really enjoy doing it. So if you guys listening out there would enjoy watching that, let's just do it. Who gives a shit? Let's just do it for our shits and giggles. It's yeah. something that I would want to do. All right. It would be fun. Because uh, the comics are great.
2: I'm not going back to prison. What? <laughs>
1: just in saying about the uh, the best of characters videos, I've just wiped one up onto the Facebook page Best of Millhouse Moments, which is going gangbusters at the moment. It's reached over half a million people already. I'm going to wake it up on YouTube as well so for easier access if you just want to go on YouTube and find it. So it'll mm-hmm. be just like best of Milhouse. Just type four-finger discount. I'm sure you'll find our channel. We have to get 100 subscribers first. We literally created the channel today, so well, that's which is what we're recording this on a Tuesday. So we need 100 subscribers before we can make it like our own uh, custom URL. Own link, yep. Yeah. So at the moment, we don't have a custom URL, so you can't just go uh, youtube.com slash
2: four-finger discount. But once we hit 100 subscribers, bang, we will do it. That should take about 15 seconds. Yes, it should be. Uh, Dylan Haggett. Has written in So I couldn't help but notice That sometimes I like this This is a real audio nerd Obviously that's written in Yeah I uh, couldn't help but notice sometimes you guys use a static sound to cut to previous audio. Nice reference to pro wrestling that people might not get. It bothers like, it doesn't bother me, but I'm really impressed actually that people get it. Yeah. Because it's... I did it and
1: I I edited it to the point where I don't think people are supposed to be able to understand it. Yeah. And I've had numerous wrestling fans go, yeah, NWA reference. And I was like, that's both cool and upsetting because I, if you can understand it, then fucking WWE probably understands it as
2: ah, well. Ah, they, they've got bigger fish yeah, to fry. <laughs> exactly. Uh, two questions uh, one did either of you guys catch Wrestlemania now not for me did you catch Wrestlemania I took an RDO to watch yesterday that doesn't surprise me I was actually <laughs> going to send you a message and
1: ask how wrestle- how it's going and I was very very disappointed oh really I really wish I didn't waste an RDO on it okay first of all the WWE has the WWE Network which is a streaming service mm-hmm. and I watched it live on that it was the first time I would watched a live pay-per-view and it was cut out a few times obviously there was too many people trying to watch it at once okay and it's sort of an it interfered. I missed a couple of matches because of it. Like, it, sometimes it was down for like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, that sucks. And I should
2: have paid Foxtel and just got it through main event. Well, I've got Foxtel, and you can't get it like that anymore. Not, not in Australia. Oh really? I no. swear I saw oh, WrestleMania really? on the main event channel last night. Maybe it was a delayed
1: oh, telecast. Possibly. I never thought. I didn't think you could. Anyway, but for, for ten dollars you pay on, the, you get the network. yeah, fair enough. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm not gonna give him to review of the pay per view, but I just wish I didn't waste an audio watching it because I've given up on wrestling, man. I've given up. I watched, I watched the following night's episode today. So, it aired today in Australia. So, yep. tonight in America, whatever. And I came in from work today and watched it. And I cancelled my subscription to the WWE Network. I've given up. It's probably for the best. Yeah. nearly 30. I have given up. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally... Brendan Dano has given up on That's wrestling. That's a little bit sad. Don't give up on the memories, though. No, 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 I'll still, you know, watch the old tapes and whatnot
2: of Stone it's Cold stuff. and all them, but yep. yeah. Okay, well, in regards to the old tapes, a uh, second question is, what wrestler would you most like to see immortalized in a Simpsons episode? As a kid, my favorite wrestler was Kane. I thought it
1: would be cool. I think Mick Foley would be really good, like Mankind. Yeah, yeah, Mick Foley is a substitute teacher.
2: That would be really, really good. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking awesome. I would, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, cool. Yep. I'd uh, I'd have loved to have seen Andre the Giant, just because I can never get enough of him.
1: Yeah. I never got into wrestling back then. I, oh, I don't already. know
2: if I really liked him in the ring. I'm just a big fan of him in movies.
1: What's that one movie you like? The, the Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious
2: in that. Apparently he used to drink people just like under the table he, every yeah, day. Yeah, like he w- had this phenomenal ability to withstand alcohol yeah have like 50 beers in a night and be fine I heard he was a gentle giant but if you got on his bad side yeah. watch out I'd also heard that like if he did pass out from drinking which was known to happen people couldn't move him like it col- <laughs> yeah. collapse on the floor and that it would just be where he had to stay <laughs> and I'm gonna close the mailbag off with one more great uh, cheapskate story that came through for us my two cents
1: it's got its own theme music now do you know this oh does it yes I
2: should have listened to the last episode <laughs>
1: No, no, I didn't put it in the last episode. This oh, is the okay. first one that's ever going to air.
2: Oh, really? You ready for it? Okay. I'm Kent Brockman, and that was my two cents. So, this comes to us from Brendan Campbell, who loves the podcast and looks forward to hearing them every week. Also, still uses walkie-talkies. They go out when they're fishing. He's uh, One of them's 23, one of them's 27, and we both still feel like commandos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, he wants to dominate his friend's dad as a cheapskate. When his friend Josh was growing up in New Zealand, he wanted a pair of Nikes for his 13th birthday, but his old man wouldn't buy them because they were like $80. So, he went out and bought a pair of Dunlops, coloured in the Dunlop logo, put his own Nike tick mark with white out, and tried to convince his son that they were legitimate. I don't know if that's cheapskate or really sad. It's a little bit of both. But I think it's <laughs> cheapskate for the next bit. He also used to buy home brand peanut butter and spoon it into one of the expensive brand jars so people wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> that's even more
1: sad. <laughs> but like, is he doing it because he doesn't want to pay for it or he well, can't afford it? That's the thing. The like, brand? if he
2: can't afford it and he's trying, well, then can't I, feel, laugh at homeless people. I feel bad for him. But if he could afford it and he's just being cheap, then I find it hilarious. It is very clever, though.
1: Because the thing is, though, it all plays with your mind. Because if you're someone that comes into his house and you see that, you would probably think, mm, it tastes a little bit off. You wouldn't think that it's, it's the cheap brand one. You just think yeah. that the, the top brand one
2: doesn't quite taste Unless it, good. it was cola being funneled into a Coca-Cola bottle. Oh, how bad and is then L- I would know, LA ice
1: cola? I, oh, oh,
2: there was nothing that would annoy me more than my parents. You can't even tell taste the difference. Bullshit, Dad. <laughs> you're just being tight this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got one more, actually. Sorry, I do have... I, I realized... I scrolled a little bit further down and realized I've just flagged yeah. one more. So. Okay. Late one that I'm going to get in here from John Healy. Uh, he's from Chicago, spent his whole life making Simpsons references and having no one understand uh, just what the hell he was talking about. It's got to the point that whenever I make any reference that my girlfriend doesn't understand, she just says, Simpsons, right? No matter what it is. Uh, so when I found your podcast, I uh, felt like he had found home. That's really nice, isn't mm. it? This is really sweet. No, I just want to interrupt
1: before you get continue, okay. continue with John Healy. A lot of people are saying, we've gone back to the start and listening from the beginning and I really like the first season episodes. Mm. I really like that, but I don't see why. I just have little faith in myself. I'm
2: sure we were fine. I don't plan on going back and listening to them. But at the t- at time when I was listening, I was listening back to each episode fairly critically. And while I think we're obviously better now, and I actually bumped into a friend of mine who I didn't know had been listening to the show. He's been listening from the outset. And, oh, wow. I um, saw him on the weekend. Robbie, uh, you know, g'day. Cheers. Uh, Robbie who? Robbie Crocker. Um, Very good man from uh, Local Boy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he was saying as well that he he thought that, you know, still they were good at the start, but they have improved and they've gotten a lot better as we've evolved. The only other little thing that I just really liked is that um, he's saying he's a construction worker. He listens to this all day and sort of really keeps his spirits up. Um, Or he was doing that as he was catching up. Now he's looking forward to them them each week. He's even going to try and figure out what cricket is just so he can understand what the hell we're talking (laughs) about. Speaking of, West Indies. What the hell? Yeah, West Indies won the 2020 World Cup. Congratulations to those guys. Yeah. Uh, and what a phenomenal final over, by the way. 22 runs. Needed 19 to win. 19 off, was it? Yeah, needed 19 to win off the last over. Just hit four consecutive sixes. Yeah, nailed you it. do not do that. No. It's, 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 it just can't happen. Imagine being the bowler. Yeah, you don't want to come back to a cricket field if you no. were him. Like,
1: that's worse than your... Yeah. <laughs> Much worse. Now, for those of you that don't know what I was talking about, then go back a few episodes because I didn't just have a fit.
2: <laughs> there, was a, there was a story to that sound. Yeah, that was the sound of me realizing I was never going to play test cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so that wraps up the mailbag, does it? Wraps up the mailbag Which for this week.
1: It wraps up our review of Like Father, Like Clown, a fantastic episode that I highly advise you all get out and check out. You probably didn't enjoy it as much as a kid, but I guarantee if you're an adult now,
2: you will really, really enjoy it. Thanks to everyone that's uh, followed us on Facebook this week. Before we sign off, I put a tease in there about the nanny. Okay, yes. You can it's... thank people, but then come back to me.
1: No, 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 no continue now. I want to hear, hear why you don't get okay. like the nanny.
2: Well, I went to say Batman versus Superman. Yep. And I set my expectations as low as possible. Yep. As we all know, I hated Man of Steel. And I was fully walking in... No, I, I didn't want to walk in expecting to hate it, because if I did that, then I probably would have hated it regardless. you point out all the bad So, notes. I walked in going, it's probably going to be shit, but I'm going to look for the things that I like and try to ignore the things that I don't. And, it, and at the end of the day, honestly, it's not, I think it's better than Man of Steel was, um, as despite the fact that this is getting worse reviews. I feel like people, a lot of reviewers missed the boat with Man of um, Steel, and then they've they've realised in hindsight that it was shit and now they've come in wanting to attack this. This is actually not too bad. I walked out and I didn't feel like I'd wasted my money. But that's all kind of beside the point. The reason this re- relates back to The Nanny is the movie that I'm least looking forward to watching is Suicide Squad when that comes out later because they've cast Margot Robbie, who's doing brilliantly. It's an Australian girl over in Hollywood. So they've cast her as Harley Quinn from the Batman, you know, originally from the Batman animated looks series. good. She does look good, but the thing about Harley is she's got like this, in every medium, she's got this really full-on New Jersey accent. Like, it's, it's that's kind of who her character is, but Margot is not doing that voice, and if anything, I was watching the trailer again, and, and guys, go back and watch it. If she sounds like anybody, she sounds like Fran Drescher, and that is the last fucking person that I ever want to hear talk ever again. Like, it just, it really, really bugs me. That's not Fran Drescher's fault. You know, she has a bad voice. Bless her soul. <laughs> Bless her cotton socks. <laughs> I did like Niles on the, on the it nanny. He was great. Danny, and, Danny Davis. And yeah. I was a big fan of uh, when the young kid showed up as a commentator in the Mighty Ducks 3. Um, yes. Uh, Brighton. Was that his name? His name is Benjamin something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Real douchey name. Yeah. Brighton. But anyway. Um, but yeah, that was the thing. So, I've been thinking of the nanny this week and just in general, that voice has made me kind of angry. Just because of it. it's it's a bad choice. Whenever I think of Fran Drescher, if it's
1: not the nanny, I think of the movie where she played the mother of a child in the movie with Robin Williams called Jack. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, bad that... movie. I love that movie. Really? Okay, it's a bad. That... It's a bad movie, but it's one of those movies where I just switch my brain off and okay. I enjoy it for what it is. If you
2: do that, yeah. If you go in try to be all sappy and sentimental and enjoy the uh, amazing rendition of Brian Adams' Star yeah. over the end credits. What you gonna be when you grow up? Yes. <laughs> I just You switch off your brain you have a great time. And you just laugh at Bill Cosby and, and Robin Williams
1: farting. Bill Cosby? Bill oh, Cosby's Cos- too. Yeah, yes, in the, yeah, in the club, in the treehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, oh, You know movie. Jack? I taught Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good movie. See, it's good. It's, it's a fun kids movie. Anyway, so uh, thanks for listening to our review of Like Father, Like Clan. Is there anything else you want to mention before I do the thank you? No, I'm done. You're done? Yeah. No more words for Mitch? Checking out. Mike's down. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at FourFingerPod. Mitch promises to do more than one thing every three days this week. Is that correct? I'll
2: get to one for every day and a half. Just do a screenshot or something every day. Just something. Okay. Give the give the people something. I'll tell you shot. what I'll do. This will be kind of funny. Yeah? I'll take a screen. The next time Simpson Screens, who we follow, yeah. uh, at Simpsons Screen, I think they are. The next time they post a screenshot I'll take a screenshot of them posting the screenshot do and then I'll tweet that every time they put a screenshot up can you imagine how much they'll piss them off <laughs> do it it'll be
1: great <laughs> <laughs> also uh, if you haven't already like us on facebook uh, facebook.com slash fourfingerdiscount follow us on instagram at fourfingerdiscount anything else I need to mention Mitch? no just keep an eye out for the at Simpson screen screens <laughs> and you get all the other articles Simpsons based articles on our website fourfingerdiscount.com.au and subscribe to us on YouTube thanks for listening guys see you next week have a great week Shh.